position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, mesdames and messieurs. Welcome to episode number uh, 227 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you uh, live uh, <laughs> here on uh, this Saturday, the 2nd of March, uh, 2019 at uh, uh, 2.22 uh, a.m. Uh, so for our sequel friends, that would make it 2019 yeah. Uh, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. That's a good idea. Let's tip, 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 good. Mmm. 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 Oh, that is good. Oh, oh, yes. We have a huge show for you this week. Actually, again. Trying to resist the impulse, uh, the the irresistible compulsion to constantly fucking say "huge show" because that's Chris Fisher's line. Um, no, we have, but we do have a, an enormous show for you this week. So let's get straight up. Whoa! Let's get straight 
to it with our top stories. First of all, uh, as mentioned in last week's episode, thank you. Uh, special props go out to uh, Mr. Jeff Jeffy Wise, friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, for mentioning this to me. He asked me, did ProtonDB.com ever post um, your review? He was asking me if they ever posted my review. And yes, they did within, uh, I want to say, like within that day. Um, and they've done so continuously. Um, throughout that day, which was a big deal for me because last two and a half years well, we won't go into into that but it it just seems like there's um, a micromanaged anal ridiculousness to a lot of websites that run like ProtonDB that rely on the community but which place endless roadblocks in front of the community from ever participating in it. And I'm pleased to announce, well, not to announce, but I'm pleased to say that ProtonDB.com is not one of those places. Um, They took my review at face value, my report. It's not a review, it's a report. I think it was for... Ooh. It was for Far Cry New Dawn. Which still doesn't work, at least since the last time I checked it. Um, they took it at face value and they posted it. And I hope it does some good. I will continue to post to ProtonDB my reports of games, both working and non, um, including this week's game, which we'll get to in our feature. It's our feature this week. But, okay, so ProtonDB.com, I encourage you all to go post your reviews of Proton-based games there. Please do it. It helps everybody. And it's awesome, and it makes everything better for everyone. Rising Tide lifts all boats. It's absolutely true, especially in this case. Second in our top stories, and I'm just going to this be under 30 seconds. Um, I'm not sure if there will ever be a new Best Linux Games podcast website, ever. Um just by virtue of the fact, like, because I want to do a whole new design and everything, which I have, I've worked up on the Skunk Works over here, but I don't know, I would have to manually do everything, which is okay, I can do it, it's only 227 episodes, so our 227th episode, Jesus, that's a lot of episodes, and a lot of copy and stuff, but it's only been the last year that we've been keeping track of every game that we've mentioned on the website, to no avail, to no purpose, to no discernible purpose. But I'm not sure if I'm ever going to have the fucking testicular fortitude to fucking just shift it over and ba-bam, here's the new com. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. It may, it may not. It will eventually have to happen if I'm still alive and this show is still teetering onwards ever into oblivion such as it is. But there you go, that's the deal, them's the truth okay, so, that brings us Ivor, based him with, oh, Ivor, you're fired, by the way based him with a new and noteworthy I was a North American fall when worm in my former life here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week there's one title that is uh, missing from our new and noteworthy this week cause it's gonna be our feature, which is in like two minutes from now. But before we get to there, mm, 
I thought we should probably mention that Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove, which is a I haven't tried out the multiplayer. This this dropped like today, so I I I only got enough time to like actually demo to see if the game fucking worked at all. It does work. Toe Jam and Earl uh back in the groove is uh oh god, where are my notes? I where are my notes? I've come a flame again mentally. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl, Back in the Groove, is $19.99. Um, it ostensibly offers multiplayer functionality. It's a whole new game. That's the one thing you need to take away from this little blah. It's a whole new game. Uh, it's a... If you're a child of the 80s and 90s, such as I, then you two are fucking old. Um, such as I. But Toe Jam and Earl was a great sorry my allergies are acting up. Demi isometric um you know three and a quarter three quarter perspective pseudo top down uh, two dimensional though with faux 3D uh, game for the Sega Genesis. I want to say it was a Sega Genesis. I might be wrong. <laughs> Back when I was a kid and now it is returned. And it seems very much like, I don't know if it's good, I don't know if it's bad. I bought it, I played it for exactly five minutes, and that's where that stands. Also, I don't know if this next game even works, because I got, it said that I, I mean, I got into the game, I got into the title screen and everything, but uh, game crashed every time I tried to join a game, and it's online only, it's called Heat. H-E-A-T. H-E-A-T. Yeah. Heat, which is um, $375,000. No, let's see. Uh, Heat is... I'm going to say it's like 50 bucks. It's an expensive game. It's in early access. Heat is $19.99. And uh, here's what they have to say about it. Welcome to America. Survive the wilderness, establish yourself, raise a family, and dominate the land. Gain power as president, deliver justice as sheriff, or fight for your tribe as chief, or show some southern hospitality governor. Governor from the government. Yeah, um, it's an Old West 1860... Eh, let's say 18... 1840s to 1860s style, um... Massively multiplayer first person shooter crafting building blah. Here's more from what they have to say because I couldn't get into the into the game to play it. Um, well, uh, let's see. It's turn of the century on the American homestead. Heat will give you the pioneer experience of struggle and triumph firsthand. Go forth and multiply. Start a family with other players or NPCs. Players can give birth to a newborn. The newborn grows to become a baby. The baby then grows to be a child. The child eventually becomes an adult. Second option is to adopt from an orphanage by purchasing a baby basket in the shipping catalog. The baby will be from Sears and Roebuck, I guess. The baby will be inside the basket delivered to you. Adoption is very expensive, but provides a guaranteed outcome. Your children are a mix of the visual DNA of the two parents. Babies, children, and adults will need to feed and stay hydrated. Once your kids become adults, you can equip them with outfits, gear, and weapons. They can help protect you when you are online. And then it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Anon, 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 anon. So that is heat. Hmm. 
And then um, also, the Wild 8, I mentioned this en passant, exclusively for the reason that I waited for Wild 8 to run on Linux via Proton, it does not get past the credit screen. It does not recognize any controllers. It does not recognize the mouse. It sometimes recognizes input from one or the other. I cannot get past the title screen of the Wild 8. So the Wild 8 will be going into my Proton DB reviews. Um, Proton, uh, Wild 8 does not run. Therefore, we are not going to mention it in our show blurb for this week. Heat might run. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Heat actually does run or not. So that brings us to this week's feature, which I'm sure you're all eagerly anticipating. Here we go. What do you think? Oh my god. It's Bolivian. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Kooky. So our feature this week, this is evidently turning into a very short episode because I don't have all I do have a lot to say about this game um, but anyway, our feature this week is of course as the title may have intimated to you uh, Dirt Rally 2.0 on day one dropped with Linux support you're right Ivor I know, pack up your shit, you're fired but get the fuck out of here, but he's holding up the whiskey sign again so here we go mmm Dirt Rally 2.0 is one of the very few games since Proton uh, dropped, I get oh god four or five months ago? I don't know, it's hard to tell I can't remember and I don't have it in front of me, so it doesn't really matter mm. but Dirt Rally 2.0 is a uh, fucking standard refutation to everything that Bully Locks, Bully Lockers has po- posted in uh, the Discord thread about, because he found this chick or this guy or somebody who was like, oh, Linux gaming is on life support, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the fuck? And thing about those sorts of things is, uh, for me, at least in terms of this podcast, like, I try not to, I try to I try to avoid GOP not syllogisms but GOP aphoristic fucking phrases but this is a good one when a pig wants to wrestle don't wrestle the pig cuz you're going to get muddy covered in shit and the pig enjoys it too much anyway bully lockers posted this thing about uh how this person was saying that Linux gaming is on life support blah 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 Meanwhile, that was almost the same fucking week that Dirt Rally 2.0 came out on the same day for Linux as it did for every other gaming platform across the known fucking universe. Now, for those of you who are new to the show, Dirt Rally is one of my favorite games of all time. In fact, it is the best rally racing game of all time. I'm talking about the first one. The second one is way prettier. The controls are even tighter. The sense of physical reality is as good as it was in the last one. I would say it's as good. Maybe a little better because it's a less, little bit less ridiculous. I've only played 
uh, around two hours of it, and I'm going to tell you why. The visuals of it, the visuals in this game are just just spectacular. I mean, you're not going to find a better or more realistic rally racing game, except maybe in Dirt 1. I know it sucks to kind of say that, but it's kind of true. Dirt Rally 1, I think, might be a better game than Dirt Rally 2, and I'm going to point out two major problems that I have with Dirt Rally 2. Um, But for those of you who love Dirt Rally 1, you have to buy this game. I mean, you have to buy it. You have to buy it just to give it a try. And then you can return it if you want. Um, Because it is phenomenal. Um, All of the stuff from the callouts, from the co-driver callouts, to um, the just absolutely gorgeous tracks, it's all in there. But here's the problem. Dirt Rally 2 breaks the game into... Unless you're playing it online, it breaks the game into... Uh, four distinct phases um, ancient history of rally days of old then the 1980s then modern rally racing and then present day rally racing I think that's correct problem is you have to finish each one of those sections in the top three to advance to the next one so you have to start with ancient days of yore alright that's fine I was actually pretty cool with that. I thought that was an interesting approach. Um, the problem here is that you this breaks the traditional um, not circuit style. Yeah, I guess it was called. I guess you could call it circuit style um, racing that was prevalent in the previous games, wherein you actually unlocked abilities to better tune your car by completing races with a crew tune and repair your car etc um and that came in the form of two basic heats meaning that first you would get a uh, you get a recon run down the track any damage you sustained or anything like that you would have to repair before you started the actual heat, or the actual run, your actual, you know, time trial run. Um, that's still there, more or less. But, it's broken down into, at least from what I've experienced, it's broken down into if you want to, you can do the dry run, and see what the the track is like, and see how the car handles, and then repair any damage, and then you do the race. But then, then then immediately after that the next race comes up. There is no real circuit style. There's no continuance between the damage you sustain and well, I guess there is a continuance, but it it, it it's much more broken up. But here's the biggest problem. They limit the number of cars that you can select from in each one of these historical single player um blocks of races, and by the way, each one of these, uh, you know, like from like, you know, days of yore through to the days of the 1980s, through to modern racing through to present day I'm pretty sure they all take the same format, I've not gotten to the 1980s yet, by the way I'm still stuck in days of yore, but here's how days of yore breaks down it's not just one race 
it is actually two events and each of those events consists of over five races um, they are all solo, solo rally races they are time trials and they are very difficult they are also very gorgeous and the cars feel so real it is ridiculous how real they feel it's nuts, especially like um, in all the special ways that I, I like so well, like all the um, all the driver callouts are now enhanced, although it does seem like it's difficult to get them to be called at the right moment, which is weird, because there's sometimes on certain tracks going certain directions where the calls will be way too early, regardless of how you've set them, you can set them to way too late and they will still be way too early and that is how you will always miss that hairpin turn which kind of sucks but that's okay that you know i'm sure they'll iron that out maybe or not it doesn't matter maybe that's just a me problem but here's something that is definitely not a me problem you only have a choice of one you can only pick one car so okay let's go back the the ancient days of your racing event which you have to complete in the top 3 um, to unlock the 1980s and god damn it I thought I would never live to what a horrifying thought don't unlock the 1980s just don't do it no um, they come in two events there's two separate events in the 19 in, in, in the days of yore the first one is in uh, oh god New Zealand and you have three car choices. One of them is, well, fuck, I can't remember without punching it up, but I always go for the first guy on the far left. Now, here's the thing. The guy on the far right is from a motor company that I do not have any attachment to or any familiarity with. The guy in the middle, I think, is a Mini Cooper. And the guy on the left is another company that I have no attachment or affinity towards. We're racing in like the 1970s. 1960s through the 1970s. Alright. Now here's the deal. If you, like I, enjoy manual transmission on your rally racing games, because if you don't, then you should not be playing rally racing games, by the way. Because what what the fuck are you doing? Like you're going to automatic transmission on a rally racing game. That makes no sense. There's a major fucking problem. There, by the way, there are no problems graphics-wise, performance-wise, controller-wise, or um, quality of life-wise, with the exception of the fact that it's very difficult to manage how you get out of an event that you don't like. But there are no events that you will like. And what this is important. Right now, every time I try to join online, it says race.net is offline. I don't know if that's a universal thing or what. More importantly, though, I don't know how to drive yet again. So I'm perfectly amenable to, you know, spending, you know, maybe 15 hours in ancient days of yore racing, you know, blah, and unlocking all the single player stuff so that I can jump in with a crew or whatever the fuck so we can do some real modern racing. Sense of speed is great. All of the visuals are great. The sense of... uh, Okay. Here's the problem. 
a lot of these cars are very foreign and a lot of these cars are very old. One of the most frustrating cars that I've experienced is in the second event in the Ancient Days of Yore um, portion of the game. Like I said, it's two events. One happens in New Zealand, which is fairly easy. It's a good warmer-upper. But then the next is in uh, in Spain and it is... You have... Th- three or four different cars you can pick from there, but they are not the same cars that you had from before. You do not have a car-based, point-based, credit-based way to build an inventory of cars. It just tells you what cars you can use, which I do not like. But worse than this is that in the Spain um, event that's in the ancient days of yore, I can't remember what the choices are, but one of them is a Ford. And I'm like, okay, fine. Fix or repair daily? Alright, cool. We'll, we'll be the Ford. How difficult could it be? Well, the Ford from like 1967 or 1972 or whatever the fuck it is, I race in the cockpit. I race in the driver's seat. Because that's the best way to fucking do a rally racing game. And all of that shit is magnificent. I mean, you can see your driver's hands. In the replays, you can get this behind the behind the driver and the co-driver uh, camera where you just stare through the windshield. You're like, we're gonna fucking die! Um, and you see that flip, see the world of flying fingers. See the, you know, see the world of the driver's hands as he, you know, up shift, down shift, handbrake! But these are ancient cars in many cases. And in the cases where they're not ancient, they are not um, familiar to me. I don't know their control layouts, their control panel, you know, the consoles, the dashboard. That's what I'm looking for. I don't know what their dashboards look like. So in the Ford, for instance, when you get to Spain, and if you are so unfortunate as to pick the Ford, It is impossible to tell as you are trying to steer into seven left over, you know, hazard, you know, hazard right into uh, hairpin one or into one right. You know, that's what that's what he would say. Um, Opens to 200 uh, four left into two right you have, by the way those numbers the lower they are the harder the turn one is a hairpin um you have no way of looking at the actual dashboard and so if that dashboard is really crazy or if that dashboard is hidden entirely by your steering wheel as we'll get to in a moment not only do you have no idea what gear you're actually in, other than the sound of the engine, which the engine sounds are fantastic. They're ac- absolutely phenomenal. They are really good. But they don't tell you the whole story and you don't ever know what gear you're in. Now, all of this could be solved with a simple helper HUD, a simple heads-up display that would show you what gear you're in, no matter what view you're in, you know, just a big fucking two, three, four, one, five, six. You know, that'd be great in the bottom right hand of the corner of the screen because there's nothing there. 
You don't have a map. You have a co-driver. Um, the closest they come to in terms of a map is a uh, percentage of the track completed that, that is a tiny little sliver on the left hand of the screen. It's very easy to read. But when you don't know what gear you're in and you don't know the car, it is a shit show. And it ruins... I mean, I hate to say it. It ruins the game. Until I hear any news that they have added this functionality to the game, I'm no longer playing this game. Which kills me. It kills me. It really kills me because it's a phenomenal game. They just don't have any HUDs. Literally, I'm gonna... Let's let's open this up right now. Oh wait, that's not gonna do any good. Uh... Hang on. Let me cancel this. It's not going to do any good to know which ver- which Ford that I'm specifically complaining about. It looks like a space age 1960s dashboard. Oh shit, here we go. It's opening anyway. <laughs> um, And it doesn't make any fucking sense. You cannot see the RPMs. You cannot see what gear you're in. You cannot see anything. You can't even see the speedometer because there are 17 dials some of which are on your co-driver's side and that's ridiculous so I thought okay fine I did this on the live stream live I'm like alright fine we'll, we'll, we'll bump it up to I'll create my own event so I can race with some of the more modern cars I was in a uh, uh, not a Honda can't remember what I was in but the uh, it was a digital display in terms of the gear ratios and it's immediately behind the steering wheel because this car was not designed to race you know, like this blah so you can't see it has a digital readout, it shows you like in in little bars circa you know, 1999 um, where you are in terms of where you need to shift but you can't see it and there is no indicator that you can see that shows you what gear you're in or how many RPMs or anything. This ruins the game entirely for me. I, I'm not bothered to check if there is a third person heads up display that shows you what gear you're in. Why? Because I don't care. Be- why? Because you spent all this time making a fucking game where I can be in the fucking driver's seat and feel like I'm in the driver's seat but then you surround me with shit that makes no sense and then don't provide a heads up display inside of that view so if your goal is for fully immersive rally driving experience in Dirt Rally 2 if the developer's goal was to achieve that they did it completely, but did so at the expense of anyone ever being able to or wanting to use that view. And I refuse to play the game from any other view other than that view, because it's ridiculous and insane that you would make this perfect game and then just hobble it in a way this stupid. I mean, it is ridiculous. It is very bad. I say very bad, I mean how bad is it? It makes the game unplayable. Makes the game un 
fucking playable. So until uh, Codemasters fixes that, I will not be playing it. And who knows when they will or if they will or if they won't. Not my problem, says your friend Skooky of the Spriteland. If you enjoy racing in the third person, perhaps there is some... Because uh, you can customize every fucking aspect of the game except for this one thing. Like, why won't you show me a fucking gear shift? Why is there no option for that in the OSD, the on-screen display, you know, the heads up? Oh, there is no, it's just not there. Okay, well, fine, fuck you. Go make a better game. Because you guys have managed to destroy like the best game that's ever been made of its type for the stupidest fucking reason I've ever imagined seeing. It's really bad. It's that bad. Can you tell how angry I am about this? Because I, I would rather be playing that game right now than talking to you about how badly this game sucks because of one cosmetic fucking thing that they could not bring themselves to allow you to control. It's really, really phenomenally irritating. It's like Microsoft caliber irritating. It is really, really infuriating. But, before we close our show, I've based him. Oh wait, we don't have a deals thing. So yeah, right now I would say do not, unless you like racing in the third person, in which case I, I would say that you are probably going to be fine with, you know, automatic transmission. And you're going to be fine with never tuning your car. You're going to be fine with always sucking at this game. And you're going to be fine with seeing how pretty it is in the third person. And I'm going to call you a lame-ass motherfucker until the day you die and start racing in the cockpit like a real normal human fucking being and take advantage and avail yourself of this opportunity to actually experience rally racing from the in-driver's seat fucking perspective until they fix all the uh, until they fix a singular fucking thing then fuck them they they almost did the same thing with dirt rally 1 where they didn't have callouts for the first like 6 months or whatever you didn't have a co-driver who actually called out you know one right into two long you know opens into hazard left you know, blah, blah, blah. They didn't have that. It was just, like, symbols that they flashed on your screen. But then, like, you know, a couple months after they came out with the game, they're like, I guess we better probably put in a... This is another way in which Codemasters has really failed. So, until they fix this in Dirt Rally 2.0, I heartily recommend you get Dirt Rally 1, which is way better. It is way better. Um, In almost every way. Especially in in the sense that you actually can get credits and build up your livery, your, your cars, and you can build up different liveries and paint jobs and shit, and you know what gear you're fucking in. So, before we close out tonight's show, we have a uh, a great deal for you uh, right now through um, March four or yeah March fourth. Um, Tekken 7, which is one of my favorite games to play online, fighting games to play online with other people, is uh, 50% off at $19.99 now through Monday at like 10am, March 4th. So, pick it up while you can. Uh, it runs great online, it runs great in single player. There's nothing there that is hindered or handicapped. So, cheers! That'll do us for this week. Um, kind of a shorter episode. I wish I could have 
told you better news about uh, Dirt Rally 2.0, but at uh, 60 bucks, it is a really expensive failure right now. And only for that one reason. Well, for those two reasons. Like, the fact that it makes you go uh, through, like, ancient history to the present day and does not have a um, a credit-based um, system where you can, like, upgrade your car, nor does it allow you to upgrade your team like they did in Dirt Rally 1. Um, and also, beyond that, the fact that every time I've tried to get onto RaceNet, uh, it does not work. I would say give it a pass and get Dirt Rally 1 when it's on sale. Because Dirt Rally 1 does not look that less good than Dirt Rally 2. And Dirt Rally 1 is a much better game. You can at least tell what gear you're in. And also, be sure to pick up Tekken 7, 50% off, $19.99 through March 4th. And that'll do us for this week. Cheers, thanks for listening. I will see you next weekend. Vroom vroom, motherfuckers. Motherleckers. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.